I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Five Times Podcast with me, Neil Meller. I'm going to give it a go for you this season. We are in LA's in Greasby. Thank you to them. To introduce the guests, we have former Reds Dominic Matteo and Gary Gillespie. Hello, lads. Hi, Mills. How are you doing? All right, Mills. Good lads. Right, let's get started. First up, the Liverpool lads after the game against Spurs at the weekend in London went out and a few of the new players were forced to sing as part of their new initiation. Some of you may have seen it, some of you may not have seen it. Gary, first with you, what was the most memorable initiation ceremony you can remember? Well, they are, they're actually copying what we used to do, obviously, because uh, it must be a, like a fallen tradition because we certainly had uh, to sing a song at the Christmas party. Um, so if you'd signed any time you'd signed before that, the Christmas party normally came along, obviously just before sometime in December when there was a, uh, a free kind of like uh, week, and you had to get up and give a give a song. And um, how, how well you did <laughs> was was rated by how many pints of beer got thrown over you. So if you didn't get any pints of beer thrown over you, you were all right. Yeah. To be honest with you, I can't really remember much about the Christmas party. <laughs> There were like a kind of haze afterwards. I always remember like we used to have to go into training afterwards, which was quite funny. A few of the lads had come straight from the Christmas party on occasions and had just come in fancy dressed to like to train the next again morning. So it was uh, it was a good laugh. And I, listen, it's it's admirable that they do that. I think it's good for camaraderie, and uh, it was something that I thought that possibly had maybe died within like the, the football culture and certainly at Liverpool Football Club. So I'm quite happy to hear that and see that, and uh, I think it's only a good thing for them. Sort of a standard procedure, isn't it? It seems to be the singing. Don, what about you? Was it yeah singing? Very very similar to guys actually. It was um, we, we did ours at Christmas. If you know a young lad coming through or a new sign, it was always done at Christmas, and um, we used to always use Tommy Smith's old club in Liverpool and he'd been kind of we meet in town somewhere to eat a few beers around town and in there for a bit of a party and you'd have to get up on stage and do, do a number and like Gary said you used to get swilled by all the boys you sometimes took a few friends with you so uh, they had the opportunity to sometimes swill a few of the heroes which uh, they quite enjoyed doing a few of my friends um, we also used to have um, Egg of the Year but we should be we like voted for at Christmas which um, there was strong competition between Rob Jones and McAteer for that. I think one year, all the lads voted for Barnsley. I don't know if Gary had gone by then, but um, one of the lads had voted for Barnsley to win it, and he was absolutely devastated. Because <laughs> you know what John's like. And, uh, but he had to get up on stage, and all the boys were swelling but that didn't go down too well with John. Well, hopefully it went down well with the, with the boys down there at Tottenham. Let's move on to, to the game, the performance at Spurs. Can we deserve more, Gary? Um, possibly, I thought it was a really good game uh, What a great advert for the Premier League It's one of the best games I've actually seen It was played really with high tempo Good intensity from both sides um, And Liverpool Probably were like dominant In the first 45 minutes I think once Tottenham got the equaliser They were probably the better of the, the, the two sides But overall for the majority I think Liverpool probably deserved more Than, than what they got I think you, you look at some of the Maybe not the chances, but some of the situations that could could have created clear-cut chances were just that little, just 
one pass was just awry, if you know what I mean, and it was maybe probably the final pass that just let us down. But no, I thought it was an encouraging performance. Um, and I think when you look over for the rest of the season, I think if you perform like that, then you'll win more games than certainly what you'll lose or, or, or draw. And I think that's the, the benchmark how you want to play. And I think that's the benchmark for how certainly Jürgen wants his team to go about games. So it was an, it was an encouraging performance, Mills. Don, do you think Tottenham should still have been in the game to get that equalising goal? Thinking back to the disallowed yeah. goal for Mane a few moments before. Yeah, it was so touch and go. And they say they always give the strikers the, you know, the, uh, a bit of a uh, bit of a <laughs> bit of luck you need sometimes. But in that occasion, we didn't get it. But it was, there was some great, there was some great moves by them three. I mean, Mane was exceptional again. Obviously, he carried on from where he left off at Burton. Oh. I think he's just that player. He's just so difficult for teams to pick up. And him with Firmino and his movement and Coutinho, it's they're so difficult to mark the three of them because no one really knows where they actually play. They kind of. They move about the field and get in good positions where defenders don't like to go. I think, like you said, if we'd have been a little bit more clinical, we could have made, maybe got our chances. I think I think possibly the Tottenham goal we, we could have been avoided. wasn't the best defending again. Um, you know, the way it went in and stuff. And we could have, I think, climbed maybe could have done a bit better. But the little things that we need to try and improve on. But overall, I think you know, the manager's got to, be, got to be impressed with the performance. And, you know, let's if we can carry on, like Gary said, playing like that week in, week out with a little bit of improvement. If he's just sort of defending out... And get rid of these elementary mistakes. I think we can we can we can do all right. Yeah. I think it's interesting that he goes with like Firmino. Uh, you know, is that yeah. false number nine? It seems to be that that's the kind of formation, especially away from home and big games, that he wants to play. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think you know, talking to many Liverpool supporters, you would have probably, probably myself included, you would have probably gone with Origi up front to give you that little bit of focal point and a little bit of you know penetration. But certainly the way that Liverpool played that. Down at Arsenal and certainly down at Tottenham, they get numbers into the box when they get themselves forward and they break with a good bit of pace and a good bit of urgency. Sadly, that was lacking at Burnley for for whatever reason. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, I think as well when, when we're at our best, Mel's is when 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 we've got players running behind and their defenders are running back towards their goal. We didn't see a lot of that Burnley. We didn't see a lot of that at all. A lot of games last season, especially Anfield, we just played, you know, they were very comfortable for back fours to ball back fives to play against us because it was all in front of them. No one was really getting in behind. There was no space in behind. I think the positions that Mane and Firmino are taking, are taking up, it allows people like Lallana and Mane and Wijnaldum to, to get into these holes and get in behind and really hurt defences because that's what you've got to do at this level. level. You know, if, if you're playing around the team, you've got to have that bit of, bit of pace in behind. It's interesting, you both mentioned Adam Lallana there and it seems that he's playing a more deeper role this season. 12 kilometres he covered in the game. I think it's fair to say since he arrived, he may have divided opinion a little bit, but you know, how big a season is it for him dropping a little bit deeper, do you think? I think it's. I think it's a massive. Uh, you know, I think it's credit to him that he's got the the adaptability to play that sort of role. I think we talked about Adam Lallana and, and seasons gone by about how many goals he should be scoring and he should be scoring an awful lot of more goals. But I, I think if he's playing in that deeper line midfield, I think for me he has one t- touch too many at times, and I think you've got to see a picture like a lot earlier in positions like that to make these passes forward. But I think certainly um, you'd be, have no doubt about like playing Adam Lallana in there from, from a work rate point of view. You know, 12 kilometres is, is quite an achievement, I think, to be honest with you, to, to be running that much. And he brings that little bit of like um, skill as well. He's good in tight areas, Adam Lallana. For me, it's just a case of seeing a pass a little bit earlier and making the pass a little bit earlier. A very similar to Coutinho as well. I think that he, he has to do that as well. 
for Liverpool to get the best out of them, themselves going forward. And as I say, when, these, when I say these half chances that they create or good situations, I just think if the two of them can see passes a little bit earlier, then I think we'll turn these these good opportunities into goals more. We're speaking a lot there about the attacking players, but I'll ask you, Dom, about Matty yeah. making his Premier League debut. How impressed were you with him? Yeah, I mean, I was hoping uh, on Friday, I mentioned it, I, I knew I'd liked him to start the game. Um, obviously signed him. I think him and me, him and Lovren, for me, could be the two going forward and they need to play games together. Um, obviously, the Burton game, it was really hard to, to judge him because... You know, wasn't the, maybe the best of opposition, but against Spurs, he looked comfortable for you know for a, for a Premier League game. It's a hard game to go to Spurs with a good side. I just thought he looks comfy on the ball, and I think all Liverpool centre are, especially in Gary's day. You know, they were brought, they were told to get on the ball from the back, and I think it's great to see a centre half wanting to get the ball off the keeper and try and play out because that's the way Liverpool were brought. That's the way I was brought up. It's the way, from, as a young lad, you come through the ranks yourself, Miles. You know what it's like. You try and get the ball from the back, and all the best teams do it. They don't just keep the ball down the field and give it away. You know, try and keep the ball. And I think Matip, he will look to get on it. And a number of times he goes, he actually breaks right wide into a fullback position, and he kind of split. So he gets on the ball, and he's playing like climbing further down the line. He's, he's a very clever player. He could probably play the holding role as well. But I've been very impressed. I think there's more to come from him. Um, in, in both areas, attacking and defending, I think he's got to improve a little bit on his, his strength, maybe. But overall, it was a really promising game. Just before we talk about transfers, just want to mention the Daniel Sturridge situation. There was there was obviously a picture of him when Origi got brought on at Spurs at the weekend, and his face was well. It was an interesting face. What he pulled as if to say, "Why am I not going on the pitch?" You know, he's, he, as you could say, it looks a little bit uncertain at the moment for Daniel Sturridge. Is it a case of trying to find a way in the team? Or what do you think, Gary, for, for Sturridge? Well, listen, it's down to Daniel Sturridge, as simple as. Um, from what I've seen so far, he, he hasn't warranted to be in the starting lineup. Uh, I know he scored two goals when he came on against Burnley, but you know, there kind of two tap-ins. It's certainly down to Daniel Sturridge. I think he's got to prove to the manager that he's worthy of a starting position. And at this moment in time, he hasn't done that for me. Uh, listen, we all know what Daniel Sturridge brings to the team. He's, he's a talented individual. He's international quality. But it doesn't matter if you're the highest class player in the world. If you're not on it and you're not at it, you're not worth it. You're, you're sought to be in the starting 11. And at this moment in time, for whatever reason, he just doesn't seem to be at it uh, when he gets the opportunity to play. And it's, as I say, it's down to him. We all know his ability. And like, I think Liverpool will be a far better team with a you know a better Daniel Sturridge. Um, and you know I think he's still got a lot to prove to, 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 to the manager. I think the manager's not 100%. Um, sure of him and, and convinced with him um, so it's down to Daniel Sturridge I don't think it's down to Jurgen Klopp or the rest of the Liverpool squad I think it's solely down to the individual Right, transfer deadline day approaching we've made our own signing we've been joined by David Tomo so Tomo, transfer deadline day what are you expecting? a busy time down at Melwood for Liverpool do you think or quiet do you think this year? Uh, I think there might be a few people going out uh, but I can't see anyone else coming in um, you know obviously the big talk about Sacco going on loan I reckon he uh, he could be on his way. To be honest, he, he's he's got a lot of confidence in himself, and maybe he looks at them clubs and he thinks they're a little bit below him. He's probably waiting for someone else to come in, who uh, he thinks is a little bit more suitable, or maybe he wants to go back home. Do you think he has a future if he turns down all the all the offers he has this winter? Do you think he's got a future? Jurgen Klopp may turn around and go, well, if you prove yourself, you may get a few games before January. Well, maybe he wants to stay and fight for his place. You know, maybe, you know, you can look at it that way as well. 
Uh, you know, and if, if if that is the case, then fair play to the lad for knuckling down and and, and trying to show people. <laughs> changing it. <laughs> that was my dog, son of a that. <laughs> that was Sacco. Oh, Scrappy Dick. <laughs> so, so you said that a little bit earlier on about players going out, you know, wisdom potentially going out, Markovic as well. Any players that you think are leaving or have left that you're disappointed to see go? Who's this? Who's this directed to here? I had enough of you, Tom. Let's have Don back in the conversation. Yeah, get Dom on. <laughs> um, no, I don't think so. I think he's, uh, he's he's done some good business. We've got a good few quid in um, for the players that we've sold. We've brought some decent players in. I, I still think we, we do need to add to the squad. Um, I don't know if we'll have a dip in for a left-back late on. Um, I don't know. There's a bit of rumours where I live in Yorkshire that the lad at Leeds, Charlie Taylor, I've read it in the local press over here that there could be an interest in him. Um, I've seen him play quite a bit for Leeds and he's been decent. So is I don't he, know if that is. Is he a gamble, Dom? Because I've seen a lot of him in the Championship and he looks like he goes forward well, as Moreno yeah. does. Is he a gamble or, or not? Um, I, I don't know. Well, obviously he's a, he's a lot, he's a bit younger maybe, but I think he's a good learner. He's learned, he's certainly learned the Championship pretty quick. Um, you know, he's come through with some good lads at least there. I just, I don't know. I'm just thinking that's an area that we definitely need to strengthen in. And you're know, looking for a good young English left back. You know, there's, there's not that many knocking around that are available, and he's maybe one for the right money you could get. But I definitely think it's an area because although James Millian Dillon did great at the weekend, and he has been doing great wherever he plays, we need a natural left back playing there. And uh, I just do, I just think we need to bring one in, and I'm sure he must be looking to bring one in definitely. Gary, what do you think? Well, I think there will be. I think there might be a few going out, as uh, Thomas said and suggested. Um, I, I think he's more or less happy with his squad, but you know, I think Liverpool fans have been screaming out for him to go out and buy a left back for like quite a long time now. Um, but I think it's an area of the pitch where you know, even if Moreno was playing at his best, you'd want some sort of backup and some sort of cover for him. Yeah. Um, Sacco might be a might be a situation with Sacco that you know he might think of himself as maybe even playing at left fullback cycle uh, and maybe the manager thinks that as well so I'm not 100% sure but I'm sure he's quite happy with the, the, the strength and depth that he's got at this moment in time the only one position that really screams out to us all I think is, is that left back position Tom Danny short on game time what's the best thing for him to do there's loads of interest maybe as many as eight clubs in the Premier League all interested in what's the best for him to do do you think well, I, I'd like to keep him, to be honest. Um, I think he's, you know, he's a natural goal scorer. I know he's going to be short of fitness, uh, but I think we're going to need all the strikers we've got after letting Ben Teke go. We need as many different options as possible um, going forward. So I'd definitely keep him. I think when he's fit, he's a lively, he's a, he's a lively goal scorer, and I think they're the type of players we're going to need after seeing the way they played against Burnley. You know, teams dropping deep. We're going to need some foxes in the boxes. So, so in terms of the <laughs> I think it's an interesting situation. As Tom O'Reilly said, he does need match fitness, doesn't he? But how do you get match fitness if you're not getting picked to, to actually play? So it's a bit like a catch-22 situation, isn't it? Like So, you know, I think um, the injury for him just came at the wrong time, didn't it? Because he was actually beginning to look, look the part and score goals. And it would be interesting to see if the manager does have a little bit of faith in him and maybe put him in one or two games. Uh, I'd like to welcome Rob Daly. To the Five Times podcast, UEFA commentator and German football commentator. First of all, Rob, we have to get started with Christian Pulisic. Did I say that right? He's been linked with Liverpool, the, the young Dortmund winger. What can you tell us about him? 
Yeah, Pulisic. Uh, he's gone with Pulisic because uh, he's grown up in America, so he's sort of taken away that part of his name. But he's he's only 17 years old, very quick, very skillful. Um, he signed for the Dortmund Academy something like 18 months ago, grew up in Pennsylvania in the States, um, and last year sort of broke into the first team and had a real impact for Borussia Dortmund, a club that has given youth lots of chances uh, over the past few years. He scored a couple of goals, uh, the youngest player in Bundesliga history to score a Scored two goals, um, and he's you know it's it's whether there's a place for him in, at Borussia Dortmund this season because Thomas Tuchel has signed lots of attacking midfield players, exactly his position. Rob, is there a connection with Jurgen Klopp with him previously or not? Uh, Klopp would have been at the club when Pulisic was signed, uh, certainly, and I think I you know I think part of the reason that the uh, Liverpool thing has come up, but I th- I certainly think he would see someone like Jurgen Klopp as being the right kind of manager to develop him, having seen uh, Klopp's work at Borussia Dortmund. Um, I'm really surprised that the transfer rumour happened at all, and it, and it obviously seemed fairly concrete. It was from a number of widely reported, well-sourced places that Liverpool had put in a, a big bid for him. Because I do think Dortmund see him as, as one for the future. Um, and, and it isn't just in terms of his playing style and his wonderful skill. In terms of a, a you know an asset, a media asset, a commodity to sell to the United States, um, he's a big deal over there at the moment, uh, and, and I'm, I'm sure Dortmund thought of him um, as a big part of their future. So, with the transfer window nearing a close now, how, how likely do you think it would be that he would join us over at Liverpool? Um, well, his father has said that uh, he's not looking to go anywhere; that he will stay. I think it's very interesting and. I was trying to break down the logic in my head. Why would Liverpool bid now for this 17-year-old? Because I don't think Pulisic's going to get a great deal of game time. In, in attacking midfield, they've just signed Andre Schürrle. They've signed Mario Goethe back from Bayern. Emre Moore, uh, the young Turkish international. And Ousmane Dembele, who will be one of the most exciting players in Europe in a few years' time. So maybe Liverpool were looking at it and thinking, well, maybe now's the time. Pulisic's going to see, I'm not going to get a lot of games. I think Dortmund, I wonder if eventually they'll settle on loaning him out to someone because they want him to play. Because I think even if Liverpool did sign him now, would he get? Would he be starting ahead of Firmino, Mane, um, the, the attacking options Liverpool have got? I'm not so sure. I think Liverpool maybe are trying to plant a seed as well with Pulisic to say, you know, down the line, we really, we really want you. So do you think it's something we may see perhaps in, in the future, maybe in the summer or, or even in years to come rather than right now? Yeah, yeah, I do actually, and I think Liverpool will go back in for back in for him if if nothing happens at the end of this this window. I wonder if Dortmund will try and loan him out before the end um, of this of the summer transfer window. There's not a lot of time to go. I, th- I mean, in terms of skill, he can beat players so easily. He's very intelligent. His touch is wonderful, and it's why he has flourished under Tuchel because Tuchel has turned Dortmund a bit more possession uh, based. They they are full throttle when they need to be, like Klopp's Dortmund. But he can really retain possession. He can score goals. And in terms of the American audience, um, you know, I, I was at a talk recently with Thomas Hitzelsberger, who works for Fox Sports in terms of their Bundesliga coverage in the States. And that Pulisic is the one player that American audiences are really excited about now. You know, you've got the likes of Dempsey and Howard getting older. He's seen as the bright young star. And in terms of uh, him being a marketing commodity, you know, to be rather cynical about it, I certainly think Liverpool see that as an attractive prospect too. Rob, interesting stuff. Very grateful for your time and joining us on the Five Times Podcast. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Pleasure. What's the day like for an agent then? Here's a guy 
who is a good friend of mine and who is brilliant for me throughout my career. He's also the man who represents Liverpool's James Milner. Is Matthew Buck from the PFA. Okay, can you tell us a couple of players who you represent? Yeah, from a, from a Liverpool perspective, uh, I've represented James Milner now since he was 16, 17 years of age, so a long time representing James. Um, a few former Liverpool players who came through the sort of successful uh, Steve Highway youth team and won a couple of back-to-back youth cups. So I represent uh, Stephen Darby, Bradford City's current captain, and Jay Spearing at Bolton, their captain. I also represent female players, so I represent um, Siobhan Chamberlain and also, your women's captain, Gemma, Gemma Bonner, at the current time. So, James Milner, how did it come about, his move to Liverpool? Uh, James was obviously in his last year of his, his Manchester City contract, and he was playing fairly regularly, but he assessed all his options. He looked at his age at the time, how often he was playing, obviously a very competitive setup for Man City. He just felt he probably wasn't getting enough starting appearances he liked. Um it was a difficult decision for him, but as this sort of contract neared an end, he, he he obviously negotiated with the club. We spoke with Manchester City and we had a lot of meetings with them to see sort of whether or not it would be something that could happen. And as we got towards the end of that season in 2015, I think James sort of realised that maybe for the good of his career and to, to play regular football, um, he maybe needed to move on and had a fresh challenge. So... As, he, as his contract expired, so from January onwards, we did have interest from Italy and Spain. Uh, I think in total, it was around 14 clubs made contact over, sort of like I say, from a foreign club perspective. And then sort of the end of May, a few meetings with Liverpool and very quickly, James realised that it was a challenge that he wanted to take. It was obviously Brendan Rodgers at the time, but James, you know, met with Brendan, we met with Ian Air, we had a couple of good meetings. Um, the club, you know... Wanted to get back to being in the Champions League, wanted to win a challenge for trophies. And, you know, for James, it's been a great move. And hopefully, like I say, he can put that right this season and bring some silverware to the club. Well, you, you speak to James regularly. How much is he enjoying that new role at left back, <laughs> do you think, this season? Uh, I think it's a difficult one for him because, like I say, he's, a, he's naturally right-footed. Um, I know he's, he said recently in the press that he would prefer right back to left back. He's played, obviously, in a multitude of positions across the pitch, central midfield, you know, off the strike, as he's played left and right wing, and he's played right right back at times. Um, so there's not many positions left on a pitch for him to <laughs> to, put, to play. Um, it, he doesn't find it, I wouldn't say he finds it necessarily easy, but as, as people know from his personality and his temperament, James will always put the team first. And, you know, if, if Jürgen, the manager, asks him, to play a role, whatever role that is, James wants to contribute to the team. He'll, you know, sacrifice himself no matter where it is on the pitch in order to give the team the best opportunity to win. Um, the, the sort of full-back roles this season in the system that he's playing is a very fluid system, and I think you saw in the League Cup recently against Burton, he had a couple of assists. He got forward, you know, a lot of times, and uh, even at the weekend against uh, Tottenham, I think he. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. He got forward every opportunity he could and overlapped. And really, I guess it's kind of somewhere between a wing-back role and a, and a winger role, but he's got to still have that discipline to, to fill in and, you know, cover defensively, which he's learning all the time. But, you know, he is a quick learner and he's got, you know, a very football-savvy mind. So I'm sure, you know, if that, that role continues, you know, he's more than willing to, you know, play any position he can to contribute for Liverpool. Mm. And he obviously signed for Liverpool under... Brendan Rodgers, the change of managers in Jurgen Klopp coming to Liverpool. I think he's enjoyed he's it. Made of it, it, it Klopp. Obviously, for him, you know, as a player, signing for a new club and only a few months into that as a managerial change, it's a, it's a little bit of an unstable period and a little bit difficult. But I think, you know, he, he James would say it's one sort of world class manager to a, you know, another world class manager. James has huge respect for him and. James says, you know, he's 30, but he's always learning and, you know, different styles of management. He's still learning and embracing it, to be honest. And I think, like I said, this season with not having European football, not having international football, James is extremely focused on uh, doing the best he can for Liverpool. And hopefully that is silverware. And, you know, speaking to speaking to him and other players regarding it, you know, the, the standard is set and, they're really desperate to get back into Champions League, but I'm going to settle for fourth. I really think title this season. That's enough of James. Let's talk to you. Done well to get hold of you in the transfer window. How manic is that for you? It's still very busy. Uh, I've been speaking to clubs and managers all through the day today, um, sort of last minute deals, what clubs may need, what, uh, trying to agree a couple of renegotiations at the same time. Some of them might come to fruition over the next sort of 24 hours or so, some of them might not, but. It's extremely busy. I think, you know, there's a bit of brinkmanship in there. Ideally, I think clubs, fans, agents, players would prefer everything to be done a bit quicker, a bit sooner, preferably from my point of view, probably, you know, cut off time before the season starts would be more beneficial to everybody. But it is what it is. So we we get on with it. Um, I'm still hopeful of maybe doing one or two more transfers by sort of 11 o'clock, probably be on on my phone most of this evening. And then but you do get even the late ones, you know, mid-afternoon, late afternoon, where you have to get in a car and, and drive places. I wish you all Great. the best. Thanks, Neil. Good to talk and, to you. Um, Take care. Thanks for coming all on the to best. the Five Times podcast. All the best. Right, let's finish off by talking about the academy. And it was a, a hugely successful season for the academy with so many young players graduating through and playing first-team football under Jurgen Klopp last season. Looking at the 18s and the 23s this season, it looks a little bit more interesting, certainly pre-season, when you look at some of the players who made an impact, Woodburn, Trent Alexander-Arnold and Ijari as well. I'll start with you, Gary. You've watched an awful lot of the youngsters. How impressed were you with the, the young lads this pre-season? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's been a bit of a conveyor belt in recent years, isn't it? It's pretty ironic that we're talking about a young lad in Germany, 17 years of age, we're going to sign. But, you know, we're talking now like about our under-18s and under-23s. So, Again, it's a, it's a strange situation that you want to bring your, your youngsters through your academy uh, system, but always on the lookout to sign other players from, from elsewhere. I think the, the one player that really 
uh, stuck out for me uh, was Young Woodburn. I think, you know, from even last season, beginning of last season, uh, you could see that he's got something about him. Uh, and for a, a player at such a young age to, to be thrown into the first team, albeit in just pre-season and, and games like that, that we've seen so far, he certainly looks as if he's got a bright future. Young Trent Alexander is uh, very versatile as well. You look at the positions that he can play, which will not do him any harm in, in the future. So, you know, I think um, Ajario as well showed great skill, great adaptability as well to, to be playing in central midfield. Um, so that's just three players, but there's, you know, I think there's a number of other players coming through as well. So uh, I think all the work that's getting done at the academy is certainly positive and it's certainly good. And, uh, you know, listen, we've said it umpteen times and often enough that there's no better thing than having homegrown talent and uh, coming through your academy and playing in the first team. Liverpool fans and would love to see that and hopefully we can have that little bit of a conveyor belt because we're not in the market to go out and sign £70 million, players, uh, million pound players anymore. We have to be realistic and, and, and know a place in, uh, in line and we're a few years away from being able to do that. So certainly the academy level guys coming through will certainly help Liverpool. Don, we watched uh, the 23s away at Arsenal at the Emirates and Woodbird stuck two absolutely superb goals. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. It's only 16. Yeah, so I mean, for his age, he's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, yeah, what's the most important for him this season? What success? Well, obviously, he stepped up from the 18s and now he's in the 23s. So I think it's obviously a good season for the 23s. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Jurgen Klopp involved him in a few squads that definitely took him and maybe played him possibly in, in the. Um, in the cup or something. I don't know. I think he, the way he's going at the moment, he's really accelerating his, his, his own chances. And, you know, he's a real... The, what I like about him as well, he, he works his socks off. Like the other night, he got his two goals, but he was playing from the left and he, he, was, he was back and forth helping the team out. He's got a great worth ethic for such a young lad. He's not just about scoring goals. There's more to his game than that. And, you know, the goals he scored the other night were, were great finishes. Very calm. In the second one, he put in the top corner. It was a, was a, was a fantastic finish. It was a good team performance. I think... Talking about the other night, because it's in the 23s and there's a few overage players, you know, Wisdom played at the back with uh, Lucas Lave. I think it was a great thing for the young kids to have Lucas around around the players. You know, obviously, when, like myself and Tomo and other players are around the club and you've got a senior pro, like say, Gary Gillespie or Anne Hansen or whoever they may have been around the club, it's, and you're playing with them in the reserves even, it just gives you a lift and you want to impress them and you want to do well. And I think a lot of the young lads raised the game the other night because Lucas was playing. And I think it was really... Really nice. The, the attitude that Lucas showed as well in that game was top drawer. He's never in doubt really with Lucas, but I think the, the young lads really learned from him, and, and I think the performance, in, in a way, was was down to the kind of way Lucas played, and the, all the players seemed to react around him. I'm with you there, Dom. I think the young lads miss having the, the yeah. around them. You know, I think the academy situation having them separate. I think it yeah. it, it unnames people normally. You know, when they, they don't play with the, the senior players that often. I think when we were coming through, you know, yeah. we were around the first team and, and you already knew the players you were playing with when you did eventually get there. So it, it made things a lot easier. So, Tom, yeah. I mean, you came through the youth system. How beneficial was that to know that you were playing with a senior player rather than players who's the same age, you know, you're playing with a player who's who's got perhaps a reputation at first team level and he's dropping down to the reserves because he's not in the first team? Yeah, it's it's very exciting, isn't it? And uh, but, but, I mean... When we were coming through, though, we already half knew these players. You know, we've been putting the kit out for them. We've been getting slaughtered by them for the last <laughs> years. So we were already, already very familiar. And we weren't nervous at all when we got to play with them in the reserves. 
and it definitely helps. It, it, you, but you, you're constantly learning off these play, players. Whether you know you just sat there having your dinner around them, you're learning how to be a, a professional footballer. And I think that's what's missing at times. Okay, we're going to finish with a, a few questions from Twitter from the fans for you, lads. We've pretty much answered one, which was from at Andrew Nice. He was asking about the youngsters and, and what impact they will make this season. He was questioning Woodburn and Trent Alexander-Arnold. I think we've, we've touched on that a little bit. And at Tiz Lad, he wants to know, I'll ask Gary this, the thoughts on the Chinese investment, is that good or bad or likely to happen or not? I don't know how likely it is to happen or not, but... Um... You know, I think any influx of money coming in, um, especially in this modern day age, uh, I think can only help Liverpool. It's the way football is at this moment in time. The more money you have, it seems to be the more riches that you can spend and the more money you can be able to spend, then uh, it's seen as a way to success. Uh, whether Jürgen Klopp would see it like that, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure because I think he's a manager that wants to build uh, from within and just not be able to go out and buy all the best players and, and take it from there. So it's an interesting one. You know, I think there's so much speculation about buying and selling football clubs that we'll just have to wait and see what actually materialises. Um, but, you know, I, I, only time would tell if it was a good thing or a bad thing. You have to remember back to the Hicks and Gillette situation and scenario where everybody thought that was going to be like the B's and E's and Liverpool were going to be rejuvenated with the money that they were going to invest and we all know what happened in that situation. It didn't quite work out that way. So uh, I would say watch the space. And uh, sometimes it's change for change's sake is, is not great. But in modern day football, uh, money seems to be the, the, the one thing that makes uh, everybody tick. Tom, at Buvax Brains wants to know, do you worry about our reliance, too much reliance on Mane already? Uh, I do a little bit, but... I tell you what, though, he's been absolutely sensational. And I knew he was a fantastic player to begin with because we watched him last year. And in all the big games, he was a shining star for Southampton. Um, I'm excited by him and I hope he stays fit because with him with him fit in the team, he works his socks off, but he's so dangerous. He leaves people for dead and it's not something we've had for such a long time. And he's fitting into the team perfectly. So... Not that I'm not that I'm worried about how reliant we are. It's just I'd like to see him fit because one thing that we suffer with is what our best players do get injured quite a lot, and we seem to suffer a little bit with that. We've got some fa- fantastic midfielders there, and you know them linking up and, and getting in with the forward line, and you know you've got look at the likes of that. We've got Daniel Sturridge on the bench. I mean, who who thought that? <laughs> Dom, yeah. I've, got, I've got one for you. I don't know if you saw yeah. the graphic recently with young Oli Burke from Forest going to the. But Bundesliga is the most expensive Scottish player. Now, yeah. on the graphic I saw, you were the most expensive left back in in terms of Scottish <laughs> transfer fees. So, who wants to know? Dam at Dam Fool Egypt wants to know where do you stand on the Moreno, Milner, and the left back spot? I think for me, I said it on Friday. I think that I'd, I'd play Milner at the moment personally, just because I think he's a better defender. Um, I know he's a midfield player, but for me, James Milner is he's a better defender one-on-one than Moreno is. I think Moreno gets caught out of position too often. I don't think James does as much. Um, so, no, I, I'd, I'd stick with Milner. Obviously, like I've said earlier, I do think we need to bring a left-back in. It's just, is the time now to bring one in in this short period of time? But for me, I'd stick with Milner at the moment. It looks like Jürgen, Jürgen Klopp's going to do the same thing. Right, that's all, that's all for this show. And my thanks to Matthew Book from the PFA and, of course, former Reds Dominic Matteo, Gary Gillespie and David Thompson. Hope you enjoyed it. 
We'll see you next time. Thanks, lads. Cheers, lads. All right. Cheers, boys.
Jurgen Klopp's been in charge for eight months, two finals, eighth last season. What's the progress report do you think so far, Gary? Well, it's, it's too early to tell this season, um, but you have to finish higher than eighth. Um, you know, two cup finals was nice last season. It would be lovely to think that we could go back uh, to Wembley again in some sort of shape and form. Uh, but in saying that, eighth, it's a big jump. Um, can we do it again? I think, was it seventh we finished with Brendan and then we didn't have European football the next again year and you know what happened. We, we, we almost won it, finishing second. But, um, you know, before that game, I think the last six years, Tottenham have finished above us five times out of the last six years. So, you know, I think that's Tottenham. And then you add into the equation Chelsea, who looks stronger this season, certainly. Man City, Man United and Arsenal, who have never finished out the top four. So, you know, you're talking like against teams, it's going to be a big struggle for Liverpool uh, and a big ask for them. Not to say that they can't do it. Um, as I say, performances like we saw at the weekend against uh, Tottenham and, and certainly down at uh, the Emirates a week or so before that, then we've got a good chance of actually achieving that. But um, I think top four would probably be the goal for the end of the season. I, I think even finishing maybe sixth would maybe be obviously progression after finishing eighth. But um, I think Liverpool fans and maybe even the owners are expecting just that little bit more and top four would certainly be realistic for me. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.